Hello, this is Murder, Myra and Me with myself, Maya, and Tara. Hello. And we're going to be talking about coercive control in this episode, which is episode number two. And Tara's done some research because it's something that Tara is very much interested in um, from past experiences, I suppose, and also from, you know, jobs and work Mm. and, and just general life experiences. Um, and then I've I've also done a little bit of research and got a few things to interject as we go. But your research is so pretty. <laughs> Are you going to take a picture of that and put that on? I can do. My... Yeah, I'm just jealous. Why That's not? My, my screen is nowhere as nice. I think you have to now. <laughs> yeah. Now you're going to expect it. So yeah, we have an Instagram account now Woo-hoo. called uh, Murder My and Me. So if you're not already following, go ahead and follow us on instagram and we'll be putting up pictures that you can look at what either while you're listening or get a bit of a reference point if you want more information we'll pop in any names um more information things we talk about on there so there'll be much more information on there to go alongside yeah and also things like as we grow and evolve over time we're basically just winging it aren't we we're just learning as we go (laughs) yeah it's kind of the best way i think i think so so yeah, you thank you for doing, you? bearing with us while we figure out what we're doing. And yeah. and occasionally with the sound recording, we might bang the table because we get really frustrated about things or, or passionate about stuff. So apologies. <laughs> yeah, we'll hopefully get um slightly better with our sound setup as we go. But I don't think it's too bad too far. If, no, uh, no. So far. No. But if you have any advice, tips or feedback, just, you know, yeah, let us know. We'd be open to that. Thank you very much. Are you starting or am I starting? I think you should start. Okay. So I, I feel, because I said last time that I'm really interested in psychopaths, which kind of sounds like a, I'm a bit of a weirdo myself. Um, the reason being, I've always been interested in true crime. I think I said that last week when I met Maya and she was the only other person that had ever admitted that she, you know, she was into true crime. But um, my particular in interest in sort of the psychopathology of um, psychopaths, sociopaths and malignant narcissists really became more of a thing, more pronounced, because I actually had an interaction with a psychopath and I want to say relationship, but relationships basically is about two people relating, but when you're involved with somebody who's got this problem, this mental issue, um, they don't work and they don't function in the same way as normal people. So, in full disclosure, that's why I'm really interested because I, I always call it the relationship. Sorry for swearing, but I think it kind of... <laughs> it's a good description. <laughs> sums it up. And I will call him oftentimes um, common or garden um, psychopath, so... Because I can't say his name, obviously. No. I haven't analysed him, but I... I have read a lot about it and I would go to my grave thinking that that's what he is and he um, actually then went on to victimise another woman after me who got in touch with me um, not long after she managed to get rid of him. So I've always been a bit ashamed of admitting that and I feel as if now I have a bit more um, ability to talk about it because it is one of those things that you often find women or men who've been involved with people who uh, abuse them mentally or physically are often quite ashamed about the fact that they've had those kind of interactions yeah. and I think it's about time we started having a proper conversation about why people should feel shame for the fact that they are um, victimised by somebody else. Yeah I think this is a, a big 
issue. Mm, and also, if a lot of it, I mean, when, when we've been doing the research, a lot of it's been, you know, that um, everything can often look perfect from the outside. Yeah. Or, you know, the family really like the other partner, the abusive partner. And so when you have all that, everyone around you thinks everything's going well. Yeah. You're like, well, is it just me? Am I seeing it from mm. the wrong perspective? So it's just a really difficult one, I think, to pull yourself yeah. out and see it from the outside. Yeah, and I mean, I, I probably, one day I'm, I, I've written about this person and, and one day I might write more. Um, I write really just to sort of heal myself, really. And, and let's be honest, I actually got away from this guy and I only was involved with him um, for about five months, all told. Mm. But he was in my life indirectly for about 11 12 months yeah um but the only way i could get him out of my life was getting the police involved yeah and he suddenly had consequences and um you know i will talk about him but it's not all about him what i really want to to raise awareness is how people can help people who find themselves in that situation because i didn't want to talk about what was happening to me because one i couldn't believe it Mm -hmm. i just couldn't believe it and two he was an excellent predator because that's what they are. And he, you know, his skill set was predating people who were really in a really bad headspace. And he just got me at a time when I was vulnerable and that's what they do. Um, so that's why I really wanted to talk about coercive control because the thing, I think I said this to you the other day on the phone, is when this man was arrested for the things that he'd done and he was being held in the cells and the police phoned me to let me know about what was happening and their advice was that they would give him a caution um and I was just thought I thought you know what if that's what you're suggesting rather than go to court that's what I'm going to do um and when I spoke to the police officer she she said a few things that really were um now I look back and I realize it's actually really inappropriate what she said yeah and I just thought to myself, God, he's charmed you as well. He's actually yeah. he's actually managed to twist your brain as well. And he was really good looking guy, really charming. All of the stuff that that you classically hear about these people. Yeah. And I just thought, okay, fine. So I'm just I'm just gonna shut down. I'm just gonna accept your advice, and I'm gonna caution him. And so it's to my shame in some ways that he went on to predate on this other woman. I also know that he was involved with her before then because I spoke to her at some length. But it you know it makes me feel really angry that I didn't have the strength to take it further because all of the evidence shows that these people are emboldened by getting away with it. You know, they do things time and time and time and time again. They and escalate, they be- right? Absolutely, yeah. escalation is the exact word. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so it's not about me. I just wanted to, full disclosure, I yeah. wanted to explain why I'm interested in this yeah. sort of area of psychopathology. Yeah. And um, gives us a bit of a, a backstory, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm not... I'm not part of the intelligentsia by any stretch, but um, mm. I also don't consider myself to be particularly stupid, and I just think it can happen to anybody. Anybody. That's, that's the the thing that I mean. There's this whole. There's all these movements now where I think we're lucky that we live in a society today where we are really open at talking about all sorts of subjects that have been taboo for years. Yeah, agreed. and um, yeah, a lot of people say we're not maybe as far as we could be but i don't know if we ever will be because humans yeah. will be humans and yeah. um things will always happen do you know what i mean that's yeah. just humans really we're not perfect and there's a lot of weird people out there or twisted yeah, people wrong. and um that's one thing that whenever i hear on the news you know i listen to a lot of radio programs radio for a lot <laughs> hey 
adding to my age there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't listen to Radio 4. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, like, um, what's it called, that programme? Women's Hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love Women's Hour. But mm. sometimes it's so, you know, they talk about um, coercive control or, you know, rape cases. And yeah. it's always this emphasis on we need to back up our women, you know, women's rights. I'm like, well, there's also men out there that mm-hmm. are victims of these things. And I yeah. think they get forgotten and they get pushed to the side because... Yeah, there's this whole thing of women need to be equal with men, but I think there's a lot that men don't stand up and go, hey, yeah, okay, mm. we might be have been for a long time, you know, this power play, but in other ways, we've always been behind women in yeah. talking about rape. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I dropped my pen. Relationship issues. Like, they're not as forthcoming with all these things, and, and men do get abused. Without a doubt, and... I mean, the other thing is, I looked at some statistics because I do like a nice statistic here and there. And, um, you know, more men are mm. murdered mm. than women. Mm-hmm. I think in 2018, the latest stats I found from the ONS is that um, 499 men were murdered and 227 women were murdered in 2018, which, wow. when you look at it like that, yeah. the big difference, though, is that um, 33% of women were killed by their partner or their ex partner. Whereas 1% of men were killed by their partner or ex-partner. And men are often killed by other men. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, who knows um, whether those stats are taken into account for, like, you know, same-sex relationships. I yeah. don't know. But yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel really strongly that we shouldn't be demonising men. No. Because, you know, not your gender has nothing to do with whether or not you're a scumbag. No. You're either a scumbag or you're not. Mm-hmm. Bits are irrelevant in many ways, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got a case that you're going to talk about today. Yeah. Which you got me watching that. And it, <laughs> and it, it also just blows my mind. Um, it's just fascinating. Um, I think the other thing about that, that case as well just goes to show that the predator has a specific... It's not just a one-off thing. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about um, Oscar Pistorius. And I don't really even want it to be about him. I want it to be about Reva Steenkamp because she was the woman that lost her life. But... The thing about Oscar Pistorius is that his his whole defence was that this was like a one-off occasion. You know, this was just a, oh, I thought someone was in the house and so I shot four times. Not once, four times through a door. And that was the, always the thing that but, you bugged know, me. Yeah, he was basically, his defence was like, it's a one-off, you know, because I thought I was being burgled. But actually, um, there's a pattern of abuse with that. And that, that definitely, I think, was coercive control when you look at his behaviour and it's the same for the um, case that you have looked at yeah I mean do you want me to just to because it's very short about what I've got to say shall I just get it out of the way quick? yeah yeah for sure <laughs> get yeah. it out of the way that's not the right <laughs> way to put it. Um, so a while ago I watched on BBC iPlayer there's a I think it's just a one-off oh. show it wasn't part of a series or anything really interesting um, and it's it's titled abused by my girlfriend I watched it again last night so it's still available at the moment to watch on iPlayer um, and it's about a guy called Alex Skeel I've got it written here mm-hmm. um, and he was only 23 God. from Bedford and he was abused by his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend I suppose Jordan Worth um, and she, I think she was, she was only, like, there was only a year between them, whether she was a year younger or a year older, I can't remember. Um, and I don't want to give too much information about this case, but what was so, because you can go and watch it yourself, or we can delve into it at another point, but, um, 
he left a couple of times during yeah. the whole thing, didn't he? Yeah. And and that's what's so common in these cases, yeah. isn't it? Is they, they leave and then they end up going back. So I think for the first time he was completely out, he wasn't going to see her, and then she came back and said she was pregnant. Oh, God, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they didn't believe her. They were like, right, you can, you know, you can piss on a stick in front of me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I want proof yeah. um, that this was the mum, actually, that, that, that did that, and she was pregnant. Um, and so, of course, everyone's then like, okay, we've got to give her a second chance. You know, we want the best for this baby. And she really reeled him in that way. And then she got pregnant again later on. Um, so she, they ended up having two kids together. Um, Jesus. And it's this whole, I mean, it's this whole pattern. She was, it was very slow and steady that this happened. You know, there were two young kids. Mm. And often you don't think of it as happening to a 22, 23-year-old. No. You think often it's elder, more elderly couples. Um, By elderly, my means 40. <laughs> yeah, but even, I mean, domestic abuse apparently is much more common now with dementia patients because obviously... Oh, yeah. But yeah, in, because, if you look yeah. at the statistics, a huge a huge percentage is mm. actually in the elder population mm. rather than young domestic abuse cases are a lot less common, I believe. Mm. Don't quote me on that. Um, but anyway, so that's what I think was so shocking about this case. And the other interesting thing is she was the first female in the UK to be convicted of com- com- oh. co- conversive? coercive. Coercive. Oh my God, I can't speak today. I've been up <laughs> since 4.45am this morning, <laughs> so please bear with me. Um, coercive and controlling behaviour, mm. which is, yeah, pretty serious. Yeah. Stuff. The thing about that that law is that that kind of, I think there's been obviously domestic abuse and and laws around that. Yeah. But the thing about coercive control is that people, and I I remember reading um, a review on Amazon and it just made my blood boil because it was a story. A woman had written a book about her life basically with domestic abuse. Yeah. And this is the thing, you know, domestic abuse. I'm not saying it's okay, but. It's not just the physical abuse that's happening, it's the coercive control. Yeah. And and people are like, this woman had put a review about this book, she said, oh, I read this book, but it's just so frustrating, why don't you just leave? I would never have put up with that. And I was like, it's because of people's attitudes like that, they seem to think it's that easy. And one other thing I think that's really important, if you think or you suspect that somebody in your life is experiencing some kind of situation like this, is, is to not be judgmental because... Yeah. Um, most of the time when violence occurs or when people are at most risk is usually either the point they've left or they or, or they are trying to leave yeah and i think i genuinely think that's what happened with reversing yeah camp because i think she, you know there's lots of evidence from text messages that they sent to each other that she'd just kind of clocked the behavior because it's a yeah. very short relationship they've yeah. been together for four months yeah what do you think about four months that's that's so quick it's mad isn't it um and so when people just say, oh, "I won't just leave," well, yeah, easy for you to say. When and often they do, they they think yeah. you know at the beginning they start to see this weird behaviour and they think, "Look, this, this is, is for not me." Okay, yeah. And then something else happens and they pull them back yeah. in and everything's great. Like you said, the the first you know when they had that first kid, things were amazing. Yeah. They were the best they'd ever been in that yeah. relationship, and then. You know, she was doing things like throwing boiling hot water on him yeah. when he was asleep. Did, wasn't, and... wasn't he, like, staffed as well? Wasn't yeah. he not allowed Apparently to Apparently he was 10 days away from death, they said, at the hospital. Across the because he was... If she wasn't hungry, he wasn't going to get fed, basically. 
she was like, I don't see why he should eat when I'm... And the interview is just... Oh, did you, yeah, did you I, watched, watch it? I did watch it, because I sat there and was like... She didn't... I mean, I don't know what the deal was with her, whether she was a psychopath or whatever, but, but she... something not right there. But this is the thing, like, so what I also want to say is that, you know, not everyone who's a psychopath who does really terrible things to other people physically or mentally, and not everybody who um, is a predator is a psychopath, you know. So when I'm talking about what happened to me, I'm pretty sure that guy was. Um, but in these situations, we don't know because it's we haven't done any assessments or anything no, like yeah. that. So, you know, we're just basing it on yep. on predators and their yep. behaviour. But she didn't seem to... She didn't seem to understand the gravitas because they would say things like, um, in the interview, they would say... You, did you pour water, hot boiling hot water over him? And she'd go, um, yeah, I did do that, but I didn't want to hurt him. And you're thinking, you're boiling a freshly boiled kettle of water mm. over your boyfriend when he's asleep. Yeah. What's gone wrong in your head to think that that's not hurting yeah, him? And she's exactly. like, oh, but I, you know, he, we just had an argument and I was just annoyed. I was like, no, 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 no. But that's, that's the thing, normal. isn't it? Ex- exactly right. And and that's the other thing about abusers is that they don't start off abusing. That you yeah. know, um, they don't. You it's know, very gradual, isn't it? Very insidious, you know. And what they're doing as well is that they're they're really exploring your boundaries. Mm. So they'll push your boundaries to see how far they can push you. Yep. And you know, I know f- for sure that, that happened to me, and I yep. know that happened to the woman after me. Yeah. And I also know that. It happened to the the woman that he had a kid with, yeah. and you know, God, the thought of having a kid with somebody like this. Because that's another thing that's that, that hooks you. Yeah, in, because it? they they're worried. I mean, yeah. you you only have to look at O.J. Simpson and Nicole yeah. Brown Simpson. You know, another case. Yeah, unbelievable. And you know, she was failed. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Reva Steenkamp because I don't like I say she'd only been with him for four months, and yeah. I don't know that she'd had any contact with the law yeah. in between that time, but. When you read about Nicole Brown Simpson, I mean, that poor woman, Jesus. Um, and when was she murdered? When she'd left him. So for that woman, I, I really wanted to like find out about that woman who left that horrendous review on Amazon, <laughs> but I didn't. I obviously realised I talked myself down. But <laughs> it's that kind of... Some people oh, just leave. Yeah. Just leave. Yeah, because yeah, it's really that simple love. Yeah, um, no, people just don't understand it. But you're not until unless you've experienced something. Like I've never experienced anything like that, and I hope to God I never do. But well, I have I, an understanding yeah. and an appreciation, but also an understanding that I'll never understand it. Yeah, do and you know al- what I mean. Yeah, and also I think as well by you know being interested maybe in true crime and perhaps reading about it and watching that documentary, you are now aware. Yeah. So if somebody, you know, I I know you're in a relationship already, but God forbid you and Matt split up, but. You know, if somebody did then start behaving, you'd be like, oh, hang on, the red flags are there. And this is what we should be doing. We should be having these conversations with young people and saying, this is not love. Because it's that whole thing about, you know, showing your love through jealousy and all that kind of stuff. Oh, like paying hard to get. I've never done that. What a load of old garbage, you know? (laughs) Having open and honest and frank discussions with people is is Learning how to argue in a healthy... Yeah. uh, Or, like... Yeah, argue or being able to discuss your issues in a relationship in a healthy way is such an important thing to, you know, get quite early on in a relationship. Mm. And I think, you know, not that that's really got anything to do with this because this is just beyond that, isn't it? Yeah, I kind of. But then where do you learn about? Where I do you don't learn know. About that? If you if you're not if your parents don't model that yeah. behaviour for you, yeah. Well, where do you learn? Yeah, okay, yeah, difficult. So this is why I feel like. We should be having these conversations, and I, you know, 
again, in full disclosure, I teach self-defence and the irony of, of the biggest thing about, you know, where, where did I meet this predator? <laughs> self-defence. Self-defence class. Why, why? Yeah, exactly. Why do you think he went there? Because mm. they're basically mining you, yeah. data mining you they're all not stupid. the time. They're trying to find how normal people behave um and what normal people do and what normal people say and and so you know who goes to a self-defense class probably by definition people that are vulnerable yeah oh brilliant so he's you know do do you know what i mean that's really messed up so i teach self-defense and i filter out all over the loons basically (laughs) (laughs) it's good that you've got an interest though beyond that because well yeah because i couldn't believe it and and guess what happened when when he was arrested he wasn't ejected from the club wow i know right he then and where did he meet the woman at self defence? Right? Oh, she was at the class, the only class that I never went to, which he was allowed to train at. She was at that class. Interesting. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. When you think about it like that, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It really doesn't. So, so we carry on about your man then. What his? Well, that's Alex, it. I mean, yeah. I don't want to go into it too much, just because I think the information's out there. If you want to, I'll put. Um, a picture up on Instagram so you can easily find it on it's iPlayer. It's a good documentary though. I'm sure it'll be on YouTube as well yeah. if you can't if you can't get onto iPlayer. Um but it's just the way it's filmed, it's only an hour. Mm. It's just a really good way of understanding it because he's not an emotional guy. I think that's the other thing is he wasn't, you know, the police officer that finally got him to admit what was going on was like he wasn't upset. He just it was very much right. Okay, yeah. She is hurting me. Yeah. And you don't have to be, you know, completely broken down and crying and in tears. I think at that point he was so beaten down. Yeah. He just, you know, it become normal, it become life. And he was like, yeah, she does hurt me. And they took a, took him to McDonald's and he, he said that was the first hot meal he could remember having because he hadn't had a hot meal for so long. Jesus. Thank it, God for that policeman. I'm like, I how know. fantastic. And that policeman had been to him already yeah. once before. Yeah, he's created a relationship. Yeah, and he'd said, you know, I wish I could have done something sooner, but it's so it's so hard in those cases because they can't just be it like, is. they can't arrest without probable cause, yeah. right? And it's really difficult. Yeah. I mean, when you watch lots of these documentaries about police officers or even ambulances, yeah. you can only do so much. And I think... Um, so if we if we look at coercive control, I mean that came into force. I think it was December twenty fifteen, wasn't it, Maya? The um, it's. I mean, I've only found that the there's a serious crime act twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yeah twenty is, yeah twenty ninth of December twenty fifteen. It came. That's what it falls under. Yeah, section seventy six of the serious crime act, and it says, um, controlling or coercive behaviour in an intimate or family relationship, and I I haven't gone into it in too much detail, but basically from my understanding of coercive control and the law it's it's what they're doing is they're eroding who you are your sense of self so it's, is it any wonder when the policeman came around the first time that he just couldn't bring himself to yeah. admit it because the way that they um you know the way that you are controlled by that person is that you, you literally don't have any opportunity to think yeah i mean what one of the um quotes that I found that was quite interesting is um, some professor said that it, he compares it to being taken hostage. Yeah. The victim becomes captive in, in an unreal world created by the abuser, entrapped in a world of confusion, contradiction and fear. And I think that's just really encapsulates what it's all about because they do. They become completely engulfed in this world yeah and also what the what usually what the abuser is going to do and this happens in domestic abuse not just coercive control because they're they are separate but also very similar Mm -hmm. you know they 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 sometimes go hand in hand but there are occasions where 
you know, they're not the same. Yeah. But um, what they do is, it's classic, you know, they just try and isolate you little by little by little. And that's exactly what she did, wasn't it? They, mm-hmm. they moved away from yeah. where his family were. Because he had, had his, a really close family. Yeah, she took his Xbox away from him because so, that was a way of communicating. Yeah. Yeah. She took away his phone. Um, he literally had no contact with yeah. his, fa- his, his friends as well. They, yeah. you know, eventually, you know, your whole world, you know, your the sun and the moon and the stars is literally the abuser. Yeah. So when people say, "I'll oh, just leave," it's like, "Well, who do you go to?" Yeah. And and the parents turned up at the <clears> house and tried to knock on the door, and all the lights went out, and no one answered. So mm. you know, there's there's attempts by all sides, and it's just not as easy as turning no. up and being like, "Come home with me." Because there's consequences. Because yeah. if you um. You know, I'm just thinking about my own experience. Like, so if I would not be available mm-hmm. um, because I had a life of my own, God forbid I had a life of my own. <laughs> so what would happen is is that um, my phone would constantly be ringing, my landline or my mobile. So I would have my friends over maybe because I'll see my friends. And, and so what I would end up doing is turn my phone off and then unplug my landline. But then he'd turn up and it would kick off. And because I just didn't want the drama or the hassle, in the mm-hmm. end, it, you know, and I never stopped seeing my friends. I was really lucky that I never did, but I got out quite quickly. So I'm thinking about these people that, I mean, he was with her quite a long time, Yeah, I think he? it was over a good couple of years. Yeah, so over over a gradual period of time, your, your whole sense of who you are is completely gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is why I feel... If we go on now to... Yeah, let's, let's Reva, on. Yeah. Reva Steenkamp. So... So basically, the thing that I think is so sad about this is, is that she was with him for four months, and um, Maya will post her last Instagram post, yeah, because it's so poignant, really. And she posted that on the tenth of February, two thousand thirteen, and uh, she was murdered by Oscar Pistorius um, on the fourteenth of February. Mm-hmm. Uh, so literally four. Mm-hmm days after Mm -hmm. and her post said something about I'm waking up today in a really safe and happy home but not everybody is and it was an anti-rape um post basically but so who was Reva Steenkamp because I mean I'm assuming that most people will know who Oscar Pistorius was yeah um I will come to him in a minute but because I don't really want it to be about him no it's it It shouldn't be about him should it really um but Reva Steenkamp she was of South African British descent and she was uh born on 19th of August 1983, and she was murdered, like I said, on Valentine's Day um, 2013. So she's 29, you know. She was a model and a paralegal, and she seemed like she was pretty clued up and pretty savvy. This is what I mean. It can happen to anyone. This is the thing. Everyone kind of feels like it's a a working-class deal, you know, that classic sort of working-class problem. Well, there's always, like, there's something else that's going on that it's a dysfunctional family, it's a dysfunctional setup. There's a a reason why it happened, but not always the case. No, 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 absolutely. Um, But basically, she uh, met him, I think, from what I've read online, she met him and he was with somebody else. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and and the the mother of his ex-girlfriend actually wrote um, a book about it, which I haven't read various different opinions about that online um possibly read it one day i don't know really i don't because it's all about oscar pistorius i don't really want to read about him no. um so yeah she she basically was uh stina was not stina that's your mum reva reva was murdered um by this guy because he woke up in the night allegedly and of course the problem is is that she's now gone and she's he's got no voice. Yeah, he's the only person that can say yeah. what happened. But 
uh, Reva was locked in the bathroom yeah. at Oscar Pistorius's place and he shot through the door four times. And um, he alleges that it was a burglary or he thought it was a burglar and that's why he killed her uh, because he just had no... He was scared for his life. And, and the interesting thing about this is that all of his life, because he was obviously the called him the Blade Runner, the sprinter who had his um, legs amputated when he was one years old um, below the knee because he was born with no fibula, mm-hmm. which I thought was quite unusual, quite rare probably. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but his whole life was about being enabled and not being disabled. Yeah. But when he went to court to uh, um, defend himself, he was saying he was just fear of his life because he was disabled and I'm like well which is it mate well so what because I watched a documentary recently there's been a lot of tv programs and series about the whole case um, Countess loads. because it is a shocking case and it there's is. so many people are split because he was so loved do you know what I mean? He was a hero. He was a hero. He was a, he was a... His face to the outside world was the hero. Exactly. Um, and I, I have, I mean, I can't, I feel like I might be mixing things up here, but I have a feeling that that documentary said he did, he came from a household that was quite difficult, dysfunctional. Yeah. There was some sort of abuse, I think. Um, I think his mum and dad ended up separating. It was very yeah, unhappy. Six, yeah. yeah. So that was his, another layer to his excuse yeah. as to why he was oh, jumpy at boy. night and, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But if you listen to what, because I think his, his ex-girlfriend, I think her name was Sarah Taylor or something like that, um, she said that he would often get up at night but he would always wake her up first. Hmm. I just think the whole thing is a bit just too stinks. weird. Do you know what I mean? I think if there had been no... So this is the other thing, and I can't I can't honestly remember where I read this, so I can't... Apologies that I can't back it up with anything, but I believe... I read something about it, probably when it was all going on, about how he had always been a bit volatile. Mm-hmm. So I think his parents were quite difficult I think they're probably quite hard nosed because they basically took the decision to have his legs amputated and, and I think that's probably a hell of a decision to make for your yeah. kid before the age of one yeah. um, and I think they were all co- you know I hate that expression of like the alpha but you know that kind of alpha personality yeah. is they're going to be really driven and they're going to yeah. do this and I think you've got to have that kind of personality to, yeah. to be an elite athlete yeah. but um, from everything that I read in this article and God knows I've tried to find it when I knew we were going to do this um, is that his family pretty much bailed him out the shit quite a lot so there was a history over a long period of time where he got away with behaving badly and being violent and being aggressive towards women and i think if all of this had happened if this had happened with reva even if he'd perhaps been a bit of an asshole with her if there hadn't been all that stuff behind. But he apparently was obsessed with guns his whole life. Yeah, and I just... Um, yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm not okay with that. No. And I know it's different cultures, I get that. But I'm pretty sure there'll be people in South Africa that don't have guns. And even if they do have guns, they don't bloody shoot them off. Because apparently he shot a gun in a restaurant and then got his mate to yeah. take responsibility for it. I thought that was really weird. And I'm like, who the hell does that? Yeah, just for like a laugh. Just for shits and giggles. Like you don't shoot bloody... Oh, bleeding. Um, that's abnormal isn't it really weird behaviour and it does it all you know it's this whole character building it adds, <coughs> oh, oh sorry that's my dog 
Yeah, really sorry about that. I'm so used to the dog doing that. <laughs> I was like, what's, what's the dog done? She hates the postman. I, I, I didn't know ever if she would bark right um at somebody you know yeah, yeah. as a protector yeah until owen came back at one o'clock in the morning and like tried to sneak in the house quietly not to wake me up and she went does she burn on really? i keep meaning to get a beware with the beware beware <laughs> beware <laughs> dog beware of the dog sign yeah. because that's a really good thing but i mean just from a burglary point of view yeah um because it's like risk reward isn't it you know, yeah dog. so um and i keep forgetting and i think god i should do that because yeah you know she's a bit of a Dob, yeah, that's a technical term. Yeah, that is a technical term. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, I well, like. She's dogs. a rescue, so she's got. She's also a terrier. She's a rescue. She's a terrier. She's basically she's like, old. don't, don't fuck with me. Yeah, she's she's arthritic. She's think... she's on happy pills as well. That's yeah, what she... makes me laugh. She's on gabapentin. <laughs> she's she's not as chippy as she used to be. I'm like Jesus, but I love her, and I just think, well, oh, she's lovely. Yeah. If she knows you and you and you're not in a high vis jacket or a postman, yeah. She she probably be alright in the high vis jacket in the house. I, in fact, I should do that, shouldn't I? Yeah, I should yeah. Wear one because if she bites me, I don't care. Yeah. But I feel like I have to keep her away from people. Yeah. Well, no. To be fair, she's fine. Actually, she is. Like yeah, she's, she's never met me humans. before, and yeah. she's absolutely fine. She just doesn't like other dogs unless she's, they're old. She's just had a shitty life in yes. the previous. Yes. Wherever she was. I know. And that. she's just she's got a few things that she wants to have a yap about, and she's got something to say. She has. She should have her own podcast. Well, I was going to do a blog. <laughs> you should do a blog for Because the stuff that she does just makes you laugh. But then I think, oh, everyone loves their dogs, don't they? So. Yeah, anyway, yeah. apologies for my dog um, barking at the postman. Dog interlude. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably get more of those. Yeah. Probably one day when we can build our own, like, pod shed yeah. in the garden. Yeah. And the dog isn't allowed in there. We'll yeah. ban her. Yeah. Um, but for now, sorry, you're going to have to tolerate the dog. And maybe the doorbell and <laughs> other stuff. Me dropping my pen. Yeah, random um, stuff. I can't remember where we got to, to be honest. Uh, I think we were talking about Oscar. Oh, and his, yeah, his, his propensity for guns. Yeah, that is where we got to. Well done. Yeah, it's just a bit... Well, I've always been very... I mean, I'm very anti-gun, and this yeah, is a too. whole thing now, isn't it? Especially in America. Less, okay. less so in South Africa, I think. Mm. But, um, you know, I just think... I just think it's shocking that schools now have to train their kids about oh yeah being ready for active shooters. shooters. Isn't that really a sad place to be? I think so. And there's such an easy solution. Well, not an easy solution, but there's a solution available. But like the Americans always have this thing, and I don't know what it's like. I know culturally we're lucky in this country. You know, we we really are. Yeah. I mean, I remember when after nine eleven and and coming back. I was on holiday when nine eleven happened. And yeah. You probably weren't even born, but no, I was. Um, I yeah, my parents had just been to New York two weeks before. Yeah, and I I was in um, Ibiza, I think, and everyone had arms at the airport on the way back, which blew my mind. Now you pretty much expect it at airports, mm-hmm. but um, I remember it all coming in about security getting tougher and tougher and yeah. having to only take liquids, and yeah. I remember all that. It's really changed in our lifetime. It has it? for sure, and I think. Um, you know, I've got I've got no problems with armed response at, at airports, but do I want to? Do I feel creepy when I walk past somebody who's got a gun? Yeah. Would I Would I want to be around people who have guns and concealed permits in America? They can have concealed permits in America. That's in a about, school, a yeah. teacher can have a concealed. Well, in, they I don't know if I can't remember. I don't know. I, that shocked me. I was like, 
that is shocking. But the thing about that is, and I don't know, again, full disclosure, don't have any idea about the gun law in, in South Africa. In America, the right to bear arms was like back in the day when they had bloody flintlocks. Not when you can go to Walmart and buy an AK-47 or whatever the hell you can buy. Yeah, what the hell do you need that for? You don't need a semi-automatic gun, surely. You don't. Uh, anyway, we've digressed, but this is what it's <laughs> going to be like with us, so deal with it. <laughs> we've just got lots but of other... I, I think the thing about. for me is the fact that he he was very... Oscar Pistorius was very aware of his, um, his, like, his public face. Yeah. And for me, there's a... There's a some sort of like you know that doesn't jibe you've got this public face that you get all your sponsorship deals with and it's like the the wonderful oscar the, you know like you're saying how lovely he was and i remember thinking how cool it was that somebody was yeah you know gone from the paralympics to the actual olympics you know yeah. like big deal and really yeah. really impressed at that sort of single-mindedness and yeah. and that kind of dedication and yeah. all the things that are really positive yeah i think the dark side of that is somebody that's probably a bit of a narcissist uh, pretty egocentric mm. um, shot a gun off and then got his friend to take responsibility for it because it would Im- impact on his money yeah. and his reputation and you know his endorsements and all yeah. that kind of stuff so he kind of wanted the fun stuff yeah. that comes with being a Paralympian and yeah. Olympic champion or whatever but he still he, he wasn't prepared to relinquish the stuff because you have to be responsible it's called being a grown up that's that's I think the the thing that came across to me. Although he was an adult, he had some very childlike mm. behavior, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and, and I think many athletes or celebrities that have, because if you think about it, an athlete, their whole usually their whole life is revolved around it. Mm. Um, often the same celebrities, and they they've grown up in this really kind of weird world. It's a bubble, they? isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you live in a bubble, and you think, you know. You get away with one thing because you're a celebrity, and then yeah. you're like, well, you know, gradually you're gonna start. And why wouldn't you think? Well, you know, last time I got away with, you know, not getting a ticket for speeding because I'm a celebrity and the police officer recognised me or whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. And you think oh, you're above everyone, mm-hmm. and that's a really scary position for someone like that to be in because they just think they're above they're yeah. above the, the law. And I think um, from reading about his ex-girlfriend the way he treated her mm. i mean he he obviously had no respect for women yeah he obviously um felt that he was above the law um and you know even even when he was um arrested or even i don't know whether he was charged and and the um south african paralympic committee said that basically he can resume his athletic career after doing that and i'm like Really? Why? Seriously? So, look, I'm not, let's not get into the politics of the Olympics and, and all the big sporting things. Cause, but if they you, get banned for drug stuff, why shouldn't they get banned for flipping, murdering the... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do it anyway. It's not like they don't ban people from competing. So why is it different? Yeah, I don't... I, for me, the value, surely, of being an Olympian shouldn't stop at, oh, well, you know... You can't take any drugs, but it's all right if you shoot your girlfriend. That's okay. I know I'm being flippant, but that's because it really know, winds yeah, me up. Yeah, it does. I just think um, that's odd. I didn't know that. Yeah, I read that and I was like, Jesus Christ, mm. really? Mm. Um, because let's also rem- remember from this. So when Reva was murdered, I say murdered, he wasn't actually... Um, he, didn't, he wasn't sentenced for murder the first time. Yeah, that's was, what I was just, yeah. just going to ask you. I've just been like looking up yeah. as well on 
So it's something called, I had to Google this because I thought it was yeah. super cool. Um, and I'm not a lawyer, so forgive me. Or any, any, you know, any mistakes here are mine. Um, something called dolus eventualis. Ooh. I was like, what the hell is that? Latin, so. Well, I assume so. But basically, it roughly translates to um, like recklessness. Okay. And so in, in terms of like law, what that means is that, is that there is a, a culpability or, or you, you are li- you know, liable for your actions. Mm-hmm. So you're not as, as culpable as if you're actually, you know, he, was, he knew Reva was in there yeah. and he shot the door up because he was, you know, had the hump or whatever, whatever his reasons were. But also it's not saying that like he fell over and, and the gun went off when he yeah. was like, playing some stupid game. So, yeah. it's, so it's not the legal sort of responsibility isn't, as high as if he was intentionally trying to shoot her, mm-hmm. but it's also not as low as if it was just a mistake. So it's somewhere between the two. Yeah. Which I find... I find so it's that not like stunning. manslaughter and it's not like murder. It's somewhere it's, in the between. Yeah, I mean, I think there there was some discussion about that it's, it's meant to be similar to manslaughter. Right. Um, but I just thought... But if he's intending to do it just because it's through a door and he wasn't yeah, doing just it to it's face. Reckless. reckless. I'm sorry, reckless is getting pissed and maybe... I don't know. Setting off a gun by mistake and hitting someone that you don't even know was there. Well, I don't, no, I don't think that's okay. I mean, I think just getting pissed <laughs> just in general. Work, yeah, I mean, work I don't know how you would be reckless. This is the other thing with law. Well, anything. Is it so... Um, what's the word? Like, it doesn't fit every scenario. Ambiguous, yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's very... It's subjective, isn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. So he actually got... His first sentence was five, something like five years yeah, and six just months or something. At, yeah, which I just couldn't first. believe. He's had like three sentences. Oh, has he? I well, according to Wikipedia, but yeah. we all know that that's not always that's the not. most reliable source. Well, I, I, I know that um, the first sentence was more or less like a manslaughter kind of. Yeah. So they he accepted that he didn't mean to... He didn't know it was his girlfriend behind there, which I personally think... I call bullshit on that. So that was culpable homicide yeah. in 2014. It was five years imprisonment, it says, according to Wikipedia. That's just bonkers. I'm sorry, five years? That's nothing. Five and then, years? And then it went up to six years in 2016. I don't know if that was an appeal and they added on a year. Yeah. And then, yeah. Sure I know the latest one was 13 and a half years. Which is a bit more. But even then, I don't think that's very long. No, is that additional to the five and six years? No, no? that's in total. You think about that you took someone's life how old is he um he was younger than her so i think um he's very slightly younger than her he's not that old you know he's still probably early 30s now so he's gonna get out when he's what like probably 43 and, and you know I, i'm sure his i'm sure his um legal team cost him a good penny and however a good deal. <clears throat> i do feel that he's probably going to have enough means to mm. to live a relatively decent life. Because his family, the whole thing, and this is what I was going to talk about, like the psychopathology of this kind of person, is that he came from a, like a well-known white Africana um, family um, who had a little bit of means. And, you know, he, apart from the fact that obviously he had his parents divorced when he was young and he had to have his legs amputated, other than that, pretty normal. Time. He he did pretty well in life, you know. Yeah. He didn't. He wasn't completely unfortunate in his sort of birth in that regards. And I think that this is what I wish I could find out, and I can't seem to find anywhere. It was this this history of bad behaviour, you know, this history of getting away with things, and and you know, I'm sure I read an article about the fact that there were times where he, you know, was violent with a girl. I think he 
allegedly broke somebody's nose and that his parents paid a woman's nose. Mm. Um, you know, when he was quite young. Yeah. Um, so... All these things are just really difficult to know that if they actually happened or yeah. not. Because so yeah. many of these things, there's information, there's always information yeah. out there, but whether it's reliable or not yeah. is impossible for us but, to know. But what definitely did happen is the way he treated um, yeah. Reva and the, and the text messages that, that's that she received. Yeah, that's hard. And, and there's, um, and like I say, this is a four month relationship. It's not, it's not long. Four months should be the best of the best of the yeah, best. Yeah. You know, you should, that's that's like the ultra honeymoon period. Some people only just see each other. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not even like a full blown relationship at that point. You're still getting to know each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, but he, you know, he, uh, I've listened to some of the transcripts of um, of the messages, and it's just things like, and I, I think that this is one of the things if you if you read about like how psychopaths behave and stuff, and and how people behave who are predators and stuff. She's trying to explain to him what is normal behaviour. And, like, normal people don't need to have normal behaviour explained to them. Um, but what she's trying to do is manage him and and sort of put across to him what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And the whole point about that is that if somebody is, is going to behave in that way, they there's no point. You're peeing in the wind, basically. Yeah. You know? um, and I think that's what is really important, I think, she obviously was coming to a realisation. Yeah. I suspect, and no one will ever know, because he's probably never going to admit it, yeah. I probably, I would imagine that she'd just had enough and she'd probably said to him, I'm done, I'm leaving. Yeah. And he was just like, well, I can't have you, no one else can. Yeah. Um, because as we said earlier, the most dangerous time is when you try to leave them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've just written down that some of the things that she said that, um, sorry, Samantha, his um, partner, I, I watched a, an interview with her. His, oh, okay. Samantha Taylor, her name, was his previous girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and she said within three months, she realised that something wasn't right, that he had a really bad temper, that he's obsessed with guns. He was verbally and emotionally abusive, controlling, and not just controlling like who she spent her time with, but what she even was wearing. And that's wow. within three months. Yeah, so that just really shows how quickly yeah and she was very young when she met him she was like 17 and that's the other thing so whether or not i think probably you know reva was a model and she was an up-and-coming sort of person and so probably that fitted pistorius's idea of who he should be with but um that was probably quite challenging to him if his ex-partners had been perhaps less well known and maybe known for being with him yeah you know, this this new woman, you know, unfortunately she lost her life over it. She was perhaps a bit more independent, a bit more yeah. feisty and a bit more able to just say, no, nah, I'm, I'm not okay with this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I have on that situation because, like I said, there's so much out there and I don't, you know, if you want to find out about it, you can, but I think what I really wanted to raise awareness of is that coercive controlling law... Um, even nowadays, you know, police perhaps aren't given the right training and perhaps don't know so much about it, but it's something I think we should try and make sure that young people know about. Definitely. And that it's not okay. You know, controlling people and and being jealous and and that kind of thing is not love. Yeah. Um, so... Cool. Yeah. Um, I wrote down a few things, but I don't know if there'll be any 
help really but um i found an article that had a few sort of signs of what might be um signs of coercive control or you know an unhealthy relationship mm. but don't take these as bible you know you oh. need to have a few of them to um just something to look out for a, li- a few little pointers so um being stopped from working or going to school university or college yeah having money taken away from you or controlled being isolated from friends and family having access to food drinks day-to-day products restricted having their social media accounts monitored or controlled being told what they should wear being threatened with violence if they do not behave in a certain way having threats made to loved ones or pets oh god yeah yeah definitely all of that yeah and you don't you know i, I to be honest i don't think any of those are acceptable no, ever at no, any time no. if somebody's doing that kind of thing then they're not a decent human being but then again you know this is what I, you know i always think about right in my relationship would anyone consider me to do any of the following or have that done to me and you think right okay yeah my boyfriend might not want me to go to a specific um want to work somewhere because it's not convenient for us and it's it's really being aware of what's right and what's wrong and not just being like oh yeah he's controlling me because he's not letting me go out with my friends because i go out every weekend it's having that awareness for of sure how extreme they are and i think that's what we need to be clear about is when is this okay and when is it not okay and but i think i think other than that the rest of the stuff is not cool i mean yeah. i mean also it's not about you know i'm sh- there are t- i'll be honest with you you know my my knows my husband is an uh, ex forces person and when he goes out with his mates and gets absolutely hammered i don't particularly like it mm-hmm. um but I don't stop him. No. I just think, right, well, you're, you're going to be stinking the next day because you'll be hungover and just miserable. So I'm going to remove myself from the household because yeah. I don't want to be around that. And that's the healthy thing to do. And the same yeah. for me on, on the rare occasions where I go crazy, yeah. you know. But that's the thing. He would never stop me. I would never stop him. No. I'd just say, look, I don't really want to be around yeah. you. Exactly. I'm going to go see my mum or I'm going to do this that day yeah. or, you know. And it, it's, that's it's about the having a dialogue, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing I would say, um, the one thing, oh my God, you know, when I met the person uh, I will not name, basically, <laughs> he I who can't, shall not yeah, be I can't, I can't name him, <laughs> no. unfortunately. It's not, it's not fair. It's not fair on him and, you know... He's not being convicted of anything. No. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not our place to it's say. Not, it's it? illegal, isn't it, really? Yeah. But... Um, but then it also bugs me that he can go around doing what he's doing because he will be doing it. He's no, there's no doubt. Catch like too, right? Yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, he when I met him, he would not take no for an answer. He pursued me relentlessly. Um, really wanted to push things on super fast, and I was like, I was not in the headspace, and I wasn't able to do that, and it didn't matter what I wanted. So my opinions and my boundaries were completely eroded. And also my instincts were, there's something not quite right about this bloke. But I completely ignored them because I don't know. I don't know why I ignored them, but I think I do know why I ignored them because I wasn't really in the right headspace at all. But that's what I'm saying. If somebody's pushing you along at the beginning of a relationship particularly to go faster than you need to go, don't buy into that. You know, and don't um, don't allow that to happen. And if your instincts, just a tiny little bit of your spidey senses are firing, trust then your trust your instincts. 100%. Big time. Um, 
But other than that, all the other stuff, I think, is, is really... And I, I know, like, when you first get in a relationship, all you want to do is spend all your time with each other and, and all the rest of it, but... It's different, isn't it? Yeah, there's... You know, there's a... there's a you, you get that gut feeling that something's right or something's not right, and it just depends if you're in that right headspace as you said usually they go for vulnerable people yeah, that sure. are in a place where they just they don't want to they 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 feel that thing mm. but there's too much other stuff in their head for them yeah. to go right okay this is yeah. not okay or they just don't have the energy or the the capacity emotional capacity at that mm. time to go look this is not healthy this is not okay and i think that's the thing is if you are saying to somebody look i just need a bit of time and a mm. bit of space mm-hmm. and a bit of headspace and a bit of room if somebody really cares about you, they will give you that. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, they won't. And that's 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 another red flag for me because yeah. I kept saying that, and um, that wasn't he really was it. no. And that's happened to people that I know, other people as well. So I think yeah, that's something. Even else. if they're not going to be coercive or difficult, no, or, they could just be. They a, could a just cross-pop. be a bad relationship anyway yeah. at that point. So it's not a bad thing to listen to. Do you know what? There's plenty of other fish in the sea. It doesn't mean that's the yeah. one person that you're going to be with. And no. that's the only person you can be with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But I think I think it's difficult. Like so, we were talking about like people who are vulnerable. Yeah. So, so yeah, I um, I just wanted to um, reiterate the fact that. You know, we were talking about men. We know this happens to men as well. We yeah. know that um, guys can be victimised and predated on by women yeah. and other men. You know, it's not exclusively about women. The stats show more women are killed by their exes or, or their current partners. And also another time of, of um, escalation of violence is pregnancy and just after childbirth. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say if anyone's not sure about the situation they're in or they're worried about it then there's an advocacy service called paladin service which is uh, run by laura richards who's she's one of these like celebrity profiler people yeah um you know i don't care whether you like her or not she's doing a really good job mm-hmm. she's one of the people that helped to get the coercive control laws yeah in this country so it's at www.paladinservice that's p-a-l-a-d-i-n service.co.uk and I think yeah we'll put that on the Instagram page as well yeah. and I might even put that in the description so that you've got that there yeah um, there's also an article that I found um, that I'll put up a screenshot of on the Instagram page which has got more information about this Me Too movement if anyone's interested you can go and get more information there from you know the male side of things and also mm. when because often actually men that are abusive can sometimes play the victim. Oh, God. To get in yeah. there. Do you know what I mean? So it's also yeah. discussed as that. So it's just a really interesting article. We just don't have time to go into it today. Um, but I'll put that up on the page as well for anyone yeah. that's interested. So thanks very much. And um, who was it who gave us some good feedback about reading names beforehand? Oh, yeah. <laughs> good friend of mine back from Guernsey, Laura. Yeah, thanks, um, Laura. That's a really good chat. <laughs> that's really handy. Thank you for that. And thank you for all of our um, friends and family that have been supporting yeah. us so far. It's really nice. Yeah, we appreciate it. And yeah, any more things to add today? No, I don't think so. Okay, well, thank you for listening. And we will be back again next Wednesday. We're going to try and release um, an episode every Wednesday. Yeah. And I'll put everything on social media. Um, and I'll put the information below to follow us on um, our Instagram, Instagram account. So, yeah, 
thank you and we will see you well, listen have what will we do next time we'll see you next time <laughs> <laughs> so we're not gonna see you but you know what i mean anyway thank bye. you bye